What's up, y'all? This is Vico Radio One Chicago, and you just heard back to back dope young artists. You heard Rick Wilson, you heard Jamila Woods, you heard a little bit of Lester Ray, and I am so glad to be able to put them on here at Radio One. And now we're going to be joined just a couple minutes early by Lily B. Lily, are you there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yeah, right. we can. What? That's what's up. Technology. So, Lily B, I do not even know how to start describing you because you do so much and you do it all so well. But in general, (laughs) though, Lily B is probably the dopest storyteller, performer that I know in this entire city, if not this entire country. Honestly, you you are the first person to even make me think about storytelling as performance so i won't give away i won't give away too much about thank you what you do but i sing your praises i appreciate that very very much because i don't even consider myself like an artist i mean i'm starting to now but there was like a long time where i was like i'm just telling stories (laughs) y'all i'm just talking about my life i've heard Uh, (laughs) <laughs> I've heard so many people say that, though, that, like, the title of artist is just so strange because we're just sort of, we're doing what we like or we're doing what makes us feel good. Yeah, right? So it's like, uh, you know, and it, it puts me in this weird, like, do I, because I, I had a grown white man <laughs> tell me. Tell us. Tell, go right in. Tell me that, um. There will come a day where people will realize that I am not a storyteller because a storyteller, it takes craft, and I am just someone who talks on stage. Great, like, straight up, like a grown-ass man wrote me that story. I'm sorry, wrote me that in, uh, in February on Valentine's Day while he was on vacation with his wife. And, uh, <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and he said this to me, and I was like, it was the first time anyone had ever even, like, questioned my validity as a, a performing artist. But it was kind of like, and it was kind of on some hating, you know. Uh, it was, he was definitely hating, but it was that he had already formulated this opinion of me and my art and my talent based on what, you know, based on um, his credentials or his credentialized way of telling stories. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but no, he definitely came, or maybe it was just because I was a, a, a brown girl from the West Side who mm-hmm. happened to find, find a way to, um, you know, touch the lives of many people and he was kind of jealous. I don't know, right? The thing is, is that um, him saying it didn't, didn't, like, take away from the fact that I had always kind of considered my, like, what, am I even someone that can call herself an artist because um, because he's right. Like I was, and what's funny is I responded with like, I never said I was an artist. Y'all the one, <laughs> y'all the ones that did. I was the one that was like, I'm just a bitch talking on stage. Excuse my language, uh, but I was like, yeah, I, you know, I'm just you know just talking on stage. And and y'all the ones that are like, no, you have talent. That's the talent, right? And so um, now you mad? <laughs> I don't get that. So I was like, you know what? You might be right, but um, uh, I mean, I. I I hate to be, like, petty, right? But I'm like, uh, it don't look that way, right? It don't look like I'm just somebody that uh, talks on stage. I mean, Second City wanted to hire me to, tell sto- uh, to teach storytelling, and I teach storytelling classes to people in workshops. So, um, so I don't know. I think, like you said, it is, we are doing what we like to do and, and sometimes what we feel we're called to do um, because, for me, this is, like, my calling. Like, this is a calling for me. Like, I don't, I didn't, nuh-uh. <laughs> this was never in the works. 
or in the plan. So yeah. to, to anybody listening, this is going to be less of an interview, more just me and Lily reflecting and gossiping a little bit here and there. <laughs> while, we're, while we're on it, though, um, maybe just tell us a little bit about how you how you got started as a to- as storyteller, because I feel like by the time I knew you, you were already starting. I mean, you weren't even starting the stoop. It was already full blown. Yeah, it had been around for a couple years. Um, so um, this is the Cliff Notes version because there's a full story somewhere, like in the Tribune, somewhere about how I got into storytelling. It's a long, it's a long ass story. But um, I, it was by accident. I was uh, depressed. I had found myself kind of checked out of life after something had happened in my life, and I went to a show because my friend was like, "Come to this show, or I'm gonna kick your door down." And I was like, "Ooh, I want my security deposit. So let me go to this show." <laughs> Because uh, I wasn't even trying to leave the house. I was very depressed. And mm-hmm. so um, I went, and she threw my name in the hat. And I, I was like, girl, what's wrong with you? Um, and then I told my first story uh, at Grown Folk Stories like seven years ago. And it was, and the rest is history. I just, came, I just kept going back and back. Like, I went to Grown Folk Stories religiously for, seven, for two years. And in two years, I didn't know that there was a scene, like that there was a storytelling. I didn't know about the moth or any of these shows. Yeah, like, I had I just, no idea either. No, I just, I was like, oh, there's some, this is interesting, right? And mm-hmm. I just kept going. And for me, it was like just a uh, um, cleansing. It was like church, really, you know, going to grown folk stories. So uh, I did that for two years. And then after two years, producers came to find me. Like other show producers were like, we heard about you. People that, that went to grown folks apparently went to other shows. And we're like, there's this woman I see only at Grown Folk Stories. Y'all should go reach out. And people started reaching out to me uh, to, like, come to their shows and tell stories. And I was like, oh, wow, there's another, there's a whole scene. So then I just started going to shows. And, uh, and then after, <laughs> after three years, uh, so in, in, like, year three of storytelling, I was like, storytelling is kind of white. <laughs> like, 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 surprisingly white. Like, when you're talking about storytelling... In Chicago, like, I could understand, like, right now I'm in Fort Wayne, Indiana, performing. I can understand if it was like this in Fort Wayne, because the majority of the people here, white. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but Chicago. In Chicago. Yeah. Why am I the only, I, w- I would question, like, why am I the only Latina or, you know, Latinx person in the lineup? Why am I the only Latinx person in the room? Why am I the only person in Chicago in the room? Why am I the only teen mom from the West Side ever telling stories? Mm-hmm. Like, it really got to me. Like, it really was like... Where's the representation of the people that are in Chicago, and why is it not present? Uh, and so I decided, well, you know what? I'm going to start a show, and I'm going to call it The Soup. Uh, it started as, like, a, a podcast first uh, mm-hmm. on Q4 Radio, and then it became an actual show at Rosa's Lounge in uh, January 2013, thanks to a storytelling friend, uh, Monty Lamonti, who was like, girl, you just don't do it. You're like, you just have to do it, because if you don't do it, you're just not going to do it. <laughs> that's, right. that's basically what he said. He's like, and, and honestly, if you want to see more open mics and if you want to see more people uh, represented that you want represented, you have to do it. You got to do it yourself. And he's like, you can't expect them to do it. They don't know. I mean, it's not like they're, it's not like they're purposely trying to uh, exclude because the community is great. Um, it's just that, you know, I mean, a white person from Michigan ain't about to go to Englewood. Let's be real, you know. Um, and they're not. They're not about to cross those, like, uh, uncomfortable uh, borders they've set for themselves. So right. they're going to, you know, stick to what they know and invite who they know. And who they know ain't people from the west side, ain't people from Englewood, ain't people from the south side. So um, I 
on the other hand, am very comfortable in my city. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I've made it a point to make the soup about that, about community and survival. Uh, it's not storytelling that's about, like, um, just entertaining. It really is about, like, look, this is how we get down on the west side of Chicago. Uh, it's, it's really educational, and, like, we feel like it's really uh, a slice of what, you know, who and what Chicago is um, and who's in this city. So, uh, like, an actual representation, we believe, <laughs> of Chicago. So, so yeah, and that was three, and we did that, we started that, I mean, our five-year anniversary is in January, girl. I can't believe it's been five years. That's but that was impressive. five years ago. And yeah, that was that's not even right. the only thing you do. Like you've really taken this to heart, like making storytelling accessible to the parts of Chicago that you know. So you just hosted your first bilingual storytelling. Is that right? Like last yeah. week or two weeks ago, okay. maybe? Last week, Thursday at Hairpin for their Latinx month. Mm-hmm. And I did, um, it was it was experimental. Like we did not, like, we were like, let's just try it. I mean, what we can't, what, I mean, let's just do it. And if we right. succeed, great. If we fail, we'll fix it. But um, I, 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 the, basically how it went was people got on stage, there was a computer uh, hooked up to a projector, and as the people told stories, it was translated into the other language. So if you told a story in English, it was translated to Spanish for mm-hmm. people uh, who spoke Spanish to read along. And it was like the Cliff Notes version, okay, because again, it was experimental, and mm-hmm. Laura Ramirez could only do so much. Um, you but only was, type so people, fast. Yeah, and but but she was on it, you know. Like she definitely, uh, this is what she majored in. This is what she teaches in college. Is like you know Latin American studies and language, and so, you know. So she um, she definitely did a great job of keeping up, this, keeping the stories at least so that they're comp- so people can comprehend them. And um, and it was great, like to hear a story in Spanish and to see people reading and laughing at the part at the sentences was great. Um, people telling people. I mean, even though this person didn't speak. English, uh, people coming up to this person in English and being like, you did a great job, uh, was really great to see. So we're going to definitely keep it up. Like we're going to, we're talking about, uh, making it a, a monthly thing where, and deciding on the venue and all of that, um, you know, first, but we are going to be, um, expanding the stoop this year. Like we've been, it's going on five years. We think it's time to like kind of start going into these communities. And first up is Tilton because, um, I know so many of my friends who are artists who uh, reside in Pilsen and uh, and with Pilsen being like, you know, in this kind of weird, like we're being gentrified, but we're resisting it kind of thing. I mm-hmm. think it's really important to kind of get in there and get some stories, um, you know, because, oh, God, stories are all we got, I feel like, before <laughs> we're erased. We're erased from these communities. Like you know, they'll be, we'll have they'll have our stories. That's history. And, stories are uh, our history. Okay, so we'll be doing that one um, uh, it, coming up. I, we had it scheduled for the Tuesday, this coming Tuesday at Casa Calle 20 in Pilsen on uh, 1538 Culleton. Um, so that might still happen. We're kind of, <laughs> we'll see. Um, if, it, if not, just check the Stoop page and the Stoop website, uh, stoop.us, and you'll be updated on all the upcoming Stoops. Because, yeah, teaching, yeah, definitely the bilingual workshop was something I want to do again and again and again. And maybe kind of spread that out to other languages and other people. That'd be amazing. Yeah. But one, one at a time, one at a time, <laughs> slow and steady, slow and steady. Mm. I'm like looking at this list of things that I'm suddenly remembering that you also do. It's already like a six <laughs> bullet point list and I'm turning it into like seven or eight. But I don't know that we can fit everything in there. One thing that I 
almost forgot is that you had your solo show not that long ago, No Hay Mal. Yeah, girl, man, we can go on night <laughs> with, with, with what I have been doing. Like, dude, that solo show, I have so the solo show that was successful at Hairpin as well as Casa Calle Beta in Tilson. We're going to remount it again. Uh, we're looking at places like AMFM, and I really want to just bring it into people's, like, living rooms. Um, if people have big old living rooms or yards, I just want to bring it to people. It's just a really good uh, show about just... Uh, uh, I, I don't want to give it away, but it is really about just remembering where you came from mm-hmm. and knowing that we've been here before, you know? So it's a really good show. I, I mean, and it's not because I wrote it or I did. I didn't write it. What am I talking about? I just, I just, I just speak it. Uh, <laughs> I just speak it. I just get up there and speak it. There's no script. Um, but, no, it was, it was great. Like that and, like, you know, we can go on the list. We got that. Then we got the Hoodwazee, which is uh, this Saturday at uh, the Breathing Room on 51st. Uh, where it's just a political podcast. Basically, it's the Daily Show if uh, black, brown, queer, femme people ran it. Um, and we talk politics and uh, you name it, like pop culture and what's going on. We have someone that comes and breaks down a specific topic or a thing for, like, for example, like water, uh, like, you know, Nestle stealing our water and, um, you know, what what it means to get, you know, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, our sex show where we talked about prepping, right, for, you know, why it's important to prep or what is that or what does that mean. Um, So we do a lot of, like, different shows based on, like, radical politics. And uh, this upcoming one, um, Ricky just, you know, Ricky just knows so many, Ricardo Gamboa, who started, who created it, Mm -hmm. uh, just knows so many amazing activists and people to invite that, you know, as far as us ever having to do any of the booking, we never do. We just, Ricky's like, we got to line up. This is it. And every two weeks that we do this, um, it's an amazing lineup, and it's very informative, and I don't even know how to describe how people feel because it is, like, uncomfortable, but it's just uncomfortable that you're amazed by, where it's like, holy cow, we are talking about some real stuff here. It's super honest, too, and it's not like like your dry NPR political-type commentary. Like, y'all are hilarious. Like, y'all say some outlandish stuff sometimes but it still makes perfect sense <laughs> with the yeah, topic I, that I you're talking about you're talking about me because that's yeah. all me like, like i'm like it's the ricky racket. ever so often too. Uh, no ricky too ricky with his mouth but i'm the one that because i don't i don't have a, a degree in politics and i don't know any but i know but look I'm you live it of america right and i live this and i know when something ain't right or something mm-hmm. doesn't feel right or look right and, uh, and I know it's not just me that feels this way. I know that I'm surrounded by a bunch of people. So I feel like sometimes people just need to hear, like, that's the way I think about it. But sometimes people are afraid to talk politics if they're not talking about it in this way that's, um, I guess, palatable. You know, like I once compared, like, the, the Russian thing, the thing, like, the Trump-Russia thing, to, like, finding a pair of panties in the backseat of a car. Uh, like, you know, like, I'm like, look. You ain't got to, like, look, if I found a pair of panties in the backseat of the car uh, and my husband is like, no, those ain't, you know, those ain't nobodies. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to believe you that they're nobodies. But you think that I'm going to believe, like, every time he's with a woman, that I'm not going to question every phone call that comes in. I'm not going to question every, like, come on now. Like, we, those, those letters from Kushner and all those emails and everything, like, all those meetings, that's the panties in the backseat of the car. <laughs> and we need to question everything. <laughs> like, we need to question every every person they've met up with. <laughs> like, we need to question everything. If those are, like, 
hmm, it's suspect, right? Like, it's very suspect. So, like, but that's the kind of commentary I get where I'm just like, look, I don't care what anyone says. Like, there's no hard proof. That's suspect, you know, like those emails from Kushner. Like, we talk like that. That's how I talk, at least. I mean, that's how I look at news, where I'm like, how can I relate this to, like, my people on the block? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, Panties. how can I make this relatable? Yeah, how can I make panties? And they got Russia's like, just like panties. You know, Russia is, you know what, finding them panties in the back. That's, I'm like, I, you got to question it. Something suspect. <laughs> something ain't right. <laughs> you know, I do. And that's a great. And that's this Saturday. So if y'all are in, not even if y'all are in um, back of the yard, take y'all butts to back of the yards and experience what, like I have no words of what you're going to experience. Vico, you've been, so you know, but it's just, it's different every, every week, every two weeks, and it's just real, and I appreciate it being there, because how else are you going to get real news? Nowhere. Us. Us. <laughs> True. At least, at least that's what I want to believe. Us. We, we, we doing it. All right, yo, we so. knocked out, we knocked out the stoop. We knocked out bilingual storytelling. We knocked out Hudwazi. Uh, yep. Mi Juanito. Okay, Fridays, Mondays and Fridays, we are almost sold out, y'all. So y'all need to get on it. Free Street Theater, again, another Ricardo Gamboa production, because this man's a genius. Um, he uh, got $50,000. He won a Joyce Award and got $50,000 to do uh, uh, basically a piece about Southside, Mexican, uh, Mexican-Americans on the Southside. And we spent 10 months. I didn't spend 10 months. I was, I've been with them six months, but they spent 10 months total uh, going to different uh, Mexican-American communities on the South Side and collecting stories, uh, and we created this play, which I can't believe came from nothing. You know, every time I think about it, I'm like, this just came from us like going out and talking to people and asking them questions about their lives and collecting stories, and then we created this, like, um, the only way I can describe this is like Cirque du Soleil uh, theater, you know, like the stages move and like we're constantly moving. It's not a linear story. It's not like uh, you know, Juanito and his parents came from Mexico and they tried, you know, it's not that damn story. We've heard that story so many times. Um, no, this is like a real kind of like, um, I call it like a, I said it in the, the trailer that we have that it's, it's really about like all the senses, right? Like what does it taste like to be Mexican? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? What does it smell like? Right. It's all everything. Like we, we pull out all the stops. There's prompts galore and like all kinds of crazy but you're gonna, it's going to hit you because we've had people crying, yo, crying. That's like, how you know it's good. Oh, man, people crying like, this reminded me of my childhood. This reminded me of like when I was 15 or when I was growing up. And that, like it was, if it hits you like that, like we're doing something right. And, and we're asking our audience to review us because ain't nobody coming out to review us because Ricky be making people mad. And so... <laughs> Oh my gosh! So we'll get in, that's that'll be for your next interview where we go into that. No, carry no, on. They get petty. <laughs> no, no, they get petty. So we get in our audience. Our audience has been reviewing us, and like I think those reviews are probably like they're like gold, man. Like when people who come to see your show who don't know anything about theater, who sometimes don't even like theater, mm-hmm. are telling you that they love theater and they want to see more theater like this, and that they were moved and touched by it. Um, then really, I, I could care. I could not care less if a if a critic came to see us. Yeah. So that's who matters, you know. That's who matters, and that's who we're uh, touching. And it's so great. So if you could make it out, forty three, forty six South Ashland at the Meet Juanito Dose Story Front, 
Uh, you can get tickets. Uh, there's links on freestreettheater.org. And, um, yeah, that, it'll be running to the 17th. We might extend it longer since tickets are almost sold out uh, for the run. So get your tickets because uh, <laughs> I don't have any cops. Uh, <laughs> All, right. All right, Lily, oh. you are literally about to perform a show in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, I'm on the patio right now having a vodka tonic. Out here doing the most, but I love it, (laughs) and so does everybody else who knows you. All right, Lily, thank you so much for being with us. That was Lily B. Check her out at the Hoodwazee this Saturday. Check her out, Mi Juanito Do, 4346 South Ashland. And thank you, Lily. Thank you. Have a good night. Good luck. Bye. Bye. All right, Lily is a character. Highly recommend finding her on Facebook or somewhere on social media because she'll make you laugh at some point.